0: Opt in is a place where you can come to get practical, actionable advice to propel your career and your life in the direction you want. So let's sit down, friend, and get comfortable. Have I got a story to tell you? Hi, friends. Well, we're back for another episode this week. This week, we are talking about habits. Don't run away. This is one of those topics where people either say, heck yeah, I need to get better about my habits. Or people say, I've heard it all, none of it works, leave me alone. And we're not going down either one of those routes today. So I promise you, if you stay with me, we will have an interesting conversation. Maybe you'll learn something to do or not do. And you might even find that you want to share this with somebody else that's struggling in ways that I describe here the idea for the podcast came up in a very unusual way. Shocking, I know, because most of the episode ideas do come exactly from the universe in an unexpected moments of time. I'm going to take us to the weekend that I just had specifically. And One of the habits that I like to talk a lot about I'll share with you today what mine looks like although I encourage you to try to figure it out is what my morning routine looks like. It's an incredibly sacred time to me and we'll get into it a little bit later. The story that I want to tell you is about a question I was asking myself. So I have been trying to solve a business problem for the past few weeks. And what I learned in 2022 was that if I get very focused and visualize and get really clear to the point that I can see exactly what I am looking for, the universe will eventually deliver it. And I know this to be true because when I got crystal clear around what I wanted my next professional chapter to look like, it showed up big and bold and immediately and shockingly easy. And so I knew and I know now that it can work. And what I couldn't figure out for the life of me is why it wasn't working now, I knew what I needed to do. I knew the process I had to follow. I was doing all of the steps and yet nothing was happening. And it was getting really frustrating because I really want to solve this problem. And it was just looming over my head. And so Saturday morning, going through my normal process and my steps, that includes journaling and I just asked kind of myself and the universe and source or whatever you believe in, what is in my way? What is causing me to be stalled? What is happening here? Universe, you are failing me. Because yes, I placed blame on the universe. I did not look at myself. And through the journaling practice, I realized that the reason that I was not manifesting this thing that I could see clearly. I had written it down. I had read it over and over again. I could very, very clearly see the outcome that I wanted to have. And I asked, why is it not coming? And that is when a voice inside of me said very gently, you are in your own way. And when I wrote those words down, on the paper because that's exactly it comes through my brain and I write it down I looked at it and I said oh my gosh yep spot the heck on I'm not solving this problem because solving that problem means that I need to let strangers into my world and I've just spent a year protecting my energy being very selective and screening everybody that I allowed into my my realm of being because I only wanted positive, supportive, like the right energy. I had spent many, many years inside of a toxic environment at work. It bled into all of the aspects of my life. I got rid of it. I shook it loose. And I had been protecting with a force field around me for a year now, my energy. And in order to solve the problem that I want to solve... I have to let people in. And so it was a huge aha moment for me triggered by a practice that I have been doing daily for a year, a.k.a. a habit. And further to that, I didn't really understand what to do about it. So then I said, well, I clearly am afraid to trust myself because I have made bad choices in the past. I have been too welcoming and too open in the past. So what do I do now? And as I went out into my run, I basically said, hey, universe, give me a sign. Give me a sign if I can trust myself, if I know my human design well enough, if I know how to use my authority, which is part of my human design well enough. Can I open the door and trust that the people that I actually invite in are going to protect and maintain the energy that I want. And so off I ran. And for those of you that are new here, I'm an endurance runner. Half marathon is my jam. I have not run a marathon because quite frankly, I get bored after running for three hours. (laughs) So maybe one day I'll do it just to prove to myself I can, but the half marathon is my jam. So I went for a 10 mile training run. And as one that's at my age, that's had as many children as I have had and drinks as much water as I do, had to stop on one of my many potty breaks in the middle of that run. And I paused my watch and the number or the mileage 4.44. So the number is 444 showed up. And that is my angel numbers. That's my sign from the universe that I always see whenever I'm asking a question, looking for an answer. And the universe told me that when I'd finally figured it out that morning through my process, my habit, my morning rituals, and then I asked the question and left it there, The universe clearly told me when I stopped for a body break, you can trust yourself. You know how to do this. Open the door and it will all be okay. So that was how my Saturday started. And we rolled into the weekend, which is what we always do. Way too many sports and all the things. And on Sunday, I was having a conversation with one of the parents at the sporting event that I was at. And he asked me, we were talking about my career, and he asked me, how I knew I was gonna be successful with the pivot I had made in my career. And it was such an interesting question because nobody had asked me that. He had asked me why I'd made the change and I had told him that and he said, well, how do you know that you're gonna be good at this? And I paused for a minute and I said, because I foundationally understand how to do this. I have a proven process. I have habits I can lean into. And while I don't have all of the answers, I do know and I trust myself to stay true to all of those things and it will bring success into the business. And this morning, as I was getting up and I was grumbling about the fact that it was early and there was a run ahead of me that didn't feel really great about doing and all the things, and I realized it's these habits that I have that are a part intrinsically of my life that either help me make these really bold career moves and know that I'm gonna be successful or help open up My mind to understand where I'm limiting myself and changes that I need to make. And so I wanted to talk about habits today, not so much to give you the, here's Melissa's version of the process and the habits that you should be following in life, much more to open your mind to identify what habits are and aren't serving you and how you can make some slight changes to what you're doing and yield huge, amazing life-altering results. I know I'm overselling here. Maybe I'm overpromising, but I promise you it's going to deliver on it because I have lived it. I'm speaking from a place of truth and I've helped others make these incremental shifts and they have seen enormous growth and opportunity and stress relief and elimination of burnout and exhaustion and all those things. So, Today, we're going to talk about the different ways that people train on habits and how they show up in the various lanes of your life, the approach that I have preferred for myself, which is a big shift from what I did early on in my career. And then we're going to talk about how to do A and B testing until you figure it out. So the very first thing that we're going to start with is talking a bit about all of the different points of views for habits that are out in the world. One of them that is incredibly prevalent and, if you can follow through with it, incredibly beneficial is something called habit stacking. And that is where you take something that you already do and just add one change on top of it. So for example, if you have a cup of coffee every morning, the way to stack a habit is that you're going to drink 10 ounces of water before you have your cup of coffee. And that's how you add more water into your day. And maybe it starts with 10 ounces of water and then your cup of coffee. And then four or six weeks later, you change that to 20 ounces of water. And then four or six weeks later, maybe you have 20 ounces before the cup and after the cup. And look at that, you're halfway to the amount of of water that you need to drink in a day in just under three months. That's how you habit stack. And people can get much more specific around that. So let's say that you drink 20 ounces of water before you have your coffee. And then you habit stack and you say, well, I'm gonna drink that coffee, but I'm gonna drink it on a walk around the neighborhood. So now you've added more water intake to your day and you've added movement, all because you started stacking habits around that one thing that you already did, which was have a cup of coffee. And like I said, This can lead to monumental shifts in how you live your life, how you make decisions, how you interact with others, if you stick with the process. Now, this is a long game scenario. So you can't come into this sort of situation and expect immediate results because what you're doing is you're taking one action at a time, turning that into a habit, and then taking another action and adding to it and making that a habit. And so the shifts that you'll see... Are microscopic. Two years down the line, if you do this and continue to stack habits, they're gonna be monumental. So when you're considering what habits you wanna adopt or shift or change or modify or leave behind or bring forward, one of the elements that you need to consider is your time frame. If you have all of the time in the world, if you know that you are only drinking 20 ounces of water a day and that by the end of the year, you want to be somewhere in the range of 60 ounces of water, and you can do that just by stacking this habit like I described, 20 ounces before your first cup, 20 ounces after. You have a second cup of coffee, 20 more ounces of water. So you've had two cups of coffee and 60 ounces of water for the day. Check, 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 right? If that's the long game goal that you have, then awesome, stick with habit stacking because, in the end, that's gonna get you where you wanna go in a very gentle, easy way to do it. Another way that habit stacking really pays off for people is for those that are trying to modify their sleep patterns. And it's a modification of the habit stacking, but basically, what it is, is that you start going to bed 10 minutes earlier for six weeks and then another 10 minutes earlier for the next six weeks and another 10 minutes earlier. And before you know it, you get six months in and you're going to bed a half an hour, 45 minutes earlier than you planned. And if you want to get more sleep, this is a really easy way to retrain your body over time without a huge inconvenience. What's 10 minutes? I mean, really, you can end up scrolling on Instagram for an hour. 10 minutes is nothing. So habit stacking is the kind, gentle way to change your behaviors. This Is not something that's going to get you immediate results. And it's also not something that's going to kill your soul because the whole point of it, small incremental behaviors, stack them on top of each other in very slow, intentional, methodical intervals. And by the end of whatever you're looking for, you will have achieved your goal and it will become a lifestyle. Now it's not going to just be something that you did for six weeks and then you want to abandon it. Another very popular thing to do is to set a goal for a specified period of time. Rachel Hollis has a ton of content around this if you want to go find it. It's dating back to her start today, periods of time where she takes 90-day increments and you attempt to achieve a goal or change a habit, do something within the 90 days. So you give yourself three months and then you decide at the end of that, is this gonna stick or not? I used this four years ago when I turned 40 I said i'm going to stop drinking diet Coke I'm just gonna do it for the last ninety days of the year. My birthday is October first, and so I had literally the last ninety days of the year and then I said in January, if I want it back in'll I'll bring it back in It's been four and a half years, and I haven't had a diet Coke since I started that, and the first few days were rough because it was cold turkey. It was like for the next ninety days, I am not doing this one thing. The habit was that I was replacing water for the diet coke which is desperately needed but it was a rip the bandaid off sort of a situation every time i wanted a diet coke i just drank more water not the same not the same and i also did that on a side note two weeks before i facilitated a three-day company-wide meeting for a few hundred people i also don't recommend making a dramatic dietary change especially one that's that's tied to caffeine when you need a ton of energy right before you do it. it was, that was not sound. But what I did is I committed for 90 days to make that change. And at the end of the 90 days, I didn't want it anymore. It wasn't a part of my reality or my identity. I was able to move on from it because it was a been there, done that. I wasn't even, even after the end of the first 30 days, I wasn't thinking about it anymore. And I guarantee you, by the end of the first 60 days, it wasn't even a thought. I haven't had a soda except for when I had norovirus last summer in four years. And it completely changed my relationship with caffeine and artificial sweeteners and all of those things. And so that's a much more dramatic way to go about it. If you're interested in learning about her 90-day challenges and what her morning routine is like and how she set up all those things, Rachel Hollis has a ton of free training in her podcasts around this. I highly recommend you doing that. So the first thing that we talked about was habit stalking. The next one was find a defined period of time, make a behavior change, see if you want to keep it after you're done, if you've been able to make it stick and hold strong and make a commitment. And the other approach that people make to habits is identifying those that are not serving them and eliminating them one at a time. And this is the elimination method. So, Often it happens for people around Lent or religious holidays, New Year's resolutions, those sorts of things. And they say things like, I'm going to do the whole 30 and I'm not going to drink alcohol or I'm not going to work at the office past five o'clock. You know, you start to eliminate things that are in your life. And I think that that approaching habits in that way where you're trying to eliminate without replacement and very specific time-bound goals is the most challenging because you're often not changing the behavior or your mindset. You're just saying, I'm going to take this thing out for a certain period of time and then I get it back. And I would say that most people that I have seen that set goals in that way, kind of the elimination method where I'm going to remove this thing or I'm going to stop doing this thing or this is what's going to happen, they always tend to go back to the behavior because they haven't actually modified the behavior, they have just given themselves what I refer to as an adult timeout. And if you truly want to make a change, an adult timeout is not going to get you there because your motivation behind all of it has been really skewed. Another thing that we hear often is that those that are the most successful have a morning routine or a morning ritual. And Many of us can fall into the trap that thinking, if I want to be as successful as person X, I need to mimic what they do in the morning. I need to do the cold plunge. I need to drink the green juice. I need to run in the snow. If I want to have discipline in motivation and my health and whatever and business success like that person, I need to adopt their morning routine. Here is what I'm going to say about that. And I have a morning routine, which I'm going to share with you in a few minutes, because I think that it's important that we just share all of the options. You can't have somebody else's life. A morning routine is not going to make you have more drive to achieve a goal. A morning routine is not going to inject you with a positive mindset. Morning routine is not going to improve your relationships, and morning routine is not going to create job opportunities out of thin air. Morning routine is not going to make your business profitable. With all of that said, what a routine of any kind. Morning routine, midday routine, nighttime routine, you pick your poison. What it's going to do is show that you can establish things that are important to you on a consistent basis and that you make a commitment to yourself that you will do them. And when you make a commitment to yourself and you actually meet the commitment, you build self-confidence. That self-confidence then bleeds into all of the other aspects of your life. If you are confident that you can make commitments to yourself and hold it through, then you have confidence that you can make harder commitments to yourself and also achieve those. So for example, if you're working on a health-related goal and you have not had success in that avenue before, set it to the side. And maybe what you do is you say, What I'm going to do is I'm going to wake up every morning and I'm going to read for half an hour. And while I'm reading for half an hour, I'm going to drink 40 ounces of water. And then I'm going to have my coffee and then I'm going to do, I'm going to get ready for work and then... I'm going to go, right? And if you do that for three or four months where you say every day, I'm going to get up at five in the morning. I'm going to read for a half an hour and I'm going to drink all of this water. And then I'm going to have a cup of coffee. And then I'm going to take a shower. And you show yourself that you can set the habit to get up at a certain time to complete these sorts of activities, which fill you up and light you up and make you super happy and improve your health. And then you go about your day when later on you decide, I want to start working on my health journey, you've built credibility with yourself. Yourself, your mind, your knowing is screaming, hey, you just showed up for yourself a ton right here. We know you can do it over here, and it makes it so much easier to start on the harder problem. It makes it so much easier to go work on making behavior shifts that are difficult to do because you've built the credibility with yourself, and you know that you can make commitments to yourself and see them through. This exercise can be run with any time of day. You could do the same with a nighttime routine, right? You could say, I am going to turn screens off at 7 p.m. every night and I'm gonna wash my face and then I'm gonna read a physical actual book and I'm gonna be lights out by 10 or whatever you want that time frame to be. And if you set that routine and you follow it through consistently until it becomes a practice, it becomes something you don't even think about. It's as normal as you turning on the lights in a room when it's dark outside, You intentionally have built internal credibility. You now know that you can count on yourself to say that you're going to do something and actually do it. And then hard things show up when there are challenging business scenarios, when your health is at risk, when you need to make a huge behavioral change because you see a need to do it. You will have the credibility within your, side, your inside yourself to know that if you make a commitment to make that change, you'll actually do it because the routine has established the credibility. It's not the routine itself; it's not the actual actions that you're taking. It's that you are doing them consistently and over time. And the demonstration of that to yourself consistently and over time is what equates to the credibility and the self confidence and the true behavior change that you want. So. When we're talking about habits, you have to remember that this is more of a mindset thing than the actions that you are taking. Now, sure, there are habits that are bad for you. We've all talked about them, right? drinking alcohol is probably not the best thing. Smoking cigarettes, definitely not a good habit to have. Going to McDonald's every day for lunch, probably not the best thing either, right? There are habits that are bad for you, but when we start talking about injecting these good habits or replicating somebody else's habits because you think that they're going to arrive at success, what you have to understand is it's not actually the action or the behavior. It's what you believe about yourself that generates the success. So, as I promised, I wanted to share with you exactly how I approach my morning as well as the minor shift that I made professionally that has led to significantly more productive days, stress-free days now. So my morning routine is one that is really quite simple. And I will also tell you that I do my best to adhere to it Saturday and Sunday. But right now we're in a season where Sundays I don't run and because it's my rest day and my kids have a lot of sports very early in the morning and I give myself kind of a day off from everything on Sundays, but not always. So my morning routine looks the same always. I wake up, I brush my teeth, I drink 25 ounces of water, while well, I'm making a cup of coffee and a piece of toast or half a bagel, whatever's going to fuel my run. And for the next hour, so I'm awake for an hour, I drink my coffee, I eat my bagel, I do a gratitude practice, I write down 10 monstrous goals that I have that I want to achieve, and I journal And my journaling changes depending on what it is. Some days it's a laundry list of all of the things that I needed to get done that week or that day. Other things, it's the visualization of solving the business problem. Some days it's a lot of manifesting. I never know what I'm gonna journal. But that very first hour of the morning, I drink my water, I drink my coffee, I take a little bit of fuel in, and I do my journal practice. And when all of that is done, I lace up my shoes and I hit the pavement and I go for a run. The first two hours of my day are just me. It's my alone time. It's where my brain is the most fresh. It's where I can center and focus myself for the day. And it's how I recharge my own personal battery. You know, working out in the morning is not for everybody. Getting up as early as I do is not for everybody. But this is when I know that I am personally at my best from 4 a.m. to about 1 p.m. It's when I am the sharpest and I am my best. And so I use as much of that time as I possibly can to be as productive and clear and action oriented as I am. My morning routine is incredibly simple. That's all that it is. I come home and I shower. I take the kids to school and then I head to the office and I start my workday. That's really it. And the other habit that I have very specific that's tied to the morning routine is something that I do in the last 10 minutes of my workday every day. And that is that I pull out my calendar for the next day and I have a paper calendar and I write down how I'm going to be spending my hours every day for the next day. By the time I walk out of my office... I have a very clear view of what the next day looks like. And it includes everything. It includes my morning routine. It includes what my workday is going to look like. It includes what my kids' schedule is when I drop them off at school, who's picking them up, what practices or sporting events that they have, and when I go to bed. At the end of every single workday, I have the blueprint for tomorrow already laid out, which means that I don't need to come wake up in the morning the next day and go through my entire morning routine and then also stress about what's to come because I already know. I already figured it out the day before. I already solved all the conflicts the day before. I already figured out how we were going to be in five places at once and there's only two adults. We got it all figured out because I spent 10 minutes at the end of my day the previous day solving all of those problems, slaying all of those dragons. And by setting up my day with the morning routine and ending my business day with forward-looking view of the next, I can operate through the rest of my day with significantly less stress and pressure. This is something that has worked for me for years. My calendar is my guidepost. It's how I steer myself and my life and my kids' lives. And they will tell you. We even have a calendar on our refrigerator with swim lanes and all of the things. And it says who is where, when, on what day, and what adult is responsible for them. We use calendars as our primary tool in our family to steer the ship. Maybe because there's five of us, who knows? But That 10 minutes that I spend at the end of every business day ensures that I have a stress-free evening and a stress-free morning and that we all know who's doing what the next day. So those are kind of the two bookends of what's incredibly important to me for my day, but that's not the habit that I really wanted to talk about. I just wanted to share what my routine was because it's a question I get asked a lot. So now it's documented here for posterity. By the time this airs, who knows, the stupid routine will probably change again. But what I do know is that on the days when I don't feel like running on the days I don't feel like getting up when the alarm goes off on the days where it's cold in the house and I just don't want to do it. My body expects I'm going to get up. So it wakes me up anyway. My body expects that I'm going to have the water and the coffee. My body expects that I'm going for the run. And if I don't do those things, I feel like garbage for the entire rest of the day. I have not only conditioned my mind, but I've conditioned my body that that is what we do. And by keeping all of those commitments to myself, I know I can do hard things. Because trust me, when I started that process, it was not easy. It was not simple. It was very difficult. And yet, years of consistency showing myself that I can continue to do it day in and day out allow me to be confident that I can do the other hard stuff because I've already proven to myself that I'm capable of it. So, Melissa, what's the other secret that you wanted to share with us around habits? This gets down to how I plan where I focus my attention at work. And as many of you know, I have lots of things going on. I've got lots of businesses that I'm running. I have lots of personal ventures that I have going on. I have a bunch of kids. Etc. So it can get really easy to get overwhelmed by what's ahead of me. And I was notorious for a very long time for being a to do list maker. And I had a to do list that rivaled anybody's to do list. And I loved crossing stuff off and moving stuff to the top and then creating a to do list for the next day and moving stuff over. And like I have notebooks upon notebooks upon notebooks full of scribbled, crossed out, highlighted to do lists. It was my jam. And candidly, I think that this habit actually came from starting in retail when I worked inside of, of stores when I was in high school and college because the way that we communicated with each other and in, in the management realms was in to-do lists. If you closed the store, you created a to-do list for the next person coming in. And the person that came in in the morning, you'd add to the to-do list and shuff, shuffle some stuff around. The goal was to get that whole list done by the end of the day. And then you kind of repeated it. And so it got ingrained in me from 15 on really that how to run a business, how to be successful, how to keep something operating like a store in order was to operate by to-do list. And so I just carried that forward. It was something ingrained in me. That was just how it rolled. And so when I got into the corporate world, I had a to-do list constantly. It was always running and all these things. And then, I don't know, 10 years ago, I looked up one day and I said, this is impossible. This to-do list just keeps getting longer It never gets shorter because I just keep adding on. I'm never going to get these things done. This is, I cannot do this much work in a day. And it's just frustrating me. And I started to feel really defeated. I had this massive to-do list. I was never getting anything. It wasn't getting shorter. And so I said, there's got to be a different way to do this. And what I did is I got myself a whiteboard. And on the whiteboard became a list of, here's all of the things that have to get done this week. They have to get done this week. And if anything urgent, like needs to get done today, needs to get done tomorrow, came up, it went on a post-it note. And the post-it note got thrown away as soon as the task was done. The whiteboard is where the priority sat. So if anybody came into my office at any given time and asked me to do something that was not already planned, I could say, does it relate to any of these priorities on the whiteboard? Yes or no. Is it more of a priority than anything on this whiteboard? Yes or no. And if it is, what comes off the whiteboard to move it in? And by looking at my time in week blocks instead of days or hours was a game changer. Because then not only was my list shorter for some reason, probably because I wasn't creating these micro moments of tasks, I could also look at start to look at the bigger picture and say, if I need to move the needle in all of these dimensions this week, by the end of the week, how am I spending my time? What meetings am I sitting in? Are they helping me get these results? Who's coming in and asking me to do things that I didn't plan for? What's pushing this in or out? And I could start to articulate not only to myself internally how to better manage my time. I was able to delegate to my team because then I had a team. And I was also able to manage up and say, hey, we've got this other fire over here. This thing down here, we just have to deprioritize and say, we'll come back and get it later. It completely shifted my perspective. It got me out of the weeds. I stopped feeling so defeated. And candidly, myself and the team became more productive because we had a clear line of sight of where we were headed. We weren't so stuck in the details and the muck that we couldn't see where we were going. We knew what the next mile marker was. We knew directionally where we were headed. And as long as we kept focusing on those items on the whiteboard, we were able to successfully and confidently do what we needed to do. To this day, I look at things in month and week time periods only. I no longer make tasks lists by day, and very rarely do I do it by week. Generally speaking, it's by month, calendar month, or milestone. So by the state, these are the things that need to happen, or by the end of the month, these are the things that need to happen, That's because of my organizational responsibility. So instead of being an individual contributor or a middle manager, now at the C-suite, I need to look at things in a much longer frame picture of time so that I can delegate down. And what I will say is that while I look in months or milestones, those that report to me at the next level, they're looking at weeks. And they're looking at weeks because they're then passing that information down to the individual contributors who may still be in some cases looking at daily task list. Sitting in the weeds without understanding what the bigger intentionality and outcome is will stifle you. It will lead to burnout. It will lead to a feeling that you can never accomplish anything, that you're not moving the needle forward. You're not achieving what you want to achieve because you're so stuck in the minutia and the details. And let me tell you, the minutiae and the details are never going to disappear. There is always something to do. Always. You're never going to arrive at a day where your task list or your to-do list is empty if you are detailing every single small thing you need to do. When you start to lift your head up and look at the bigger picture and understand in a more grand way what result you are trying to achieve, the entire environment becomes easier to operate in. The entire environment becomes less stressful. You're able to see what the goal is ahead of you and then create specific actions and plans to get there. So, as I started at the beginning of this entire podcast, as I started at just the beginning of this last section here, this habit, out of all of the other approaches that I shared, out of all of the other habits and routines and things that I just told you, this one, this is the one that can change your life. This is the one that can be a game changer. This is the one that gets you from individual contributor to management, to director, to vice president, if that's if that's your intention. This gets you to a stress-free household management. If you only want to be an individual contributor, that's fantastic. And you have a family or other endeavors outside and you need to manage it all, this approach Understanding the bigger picture across all the dimensions of your life and what you're trying to work for towards helps you prioritize the actions that you take every single day. We can all benefit from understanding what we're really working towards. It's not an empty to-do list. It's not completing a thousand tasks this year. There's always a bigger mission, even if your function is small. The small things that you do inside of your department and team enable others to do things. You never operate in a vacuum. Ever. And so what you do day in and day out is just as important as what anybody else does in order to avoid stress and burnout and fatigue. You have to keep your sight on the shoreline. You have to know where you're headed. You have to know what results you're working towards. And you'll never see those if your head is down and you're staring at a detailed task list and you're not looking up at the horizon. So if you take nothing else from the last 40 minutes of me talking to you, take this. Expand your horizon when you're creating your to-do list. Look in larger periods of time. Weeks or months is the sweet spot. Get out of the focus around how you're going to spend every minute of every single day, five days a week, sitting at your job. And instead, focus on the bigger outcomes that you want to see in the near and midterm. If you can develop that habit and you can prove to yourself that by looking at the horizon or looking at the shoreline and working your way towards there that you can achieve the results that you set out to achieve you will build confidence in yourself that will allow you to let go of that detailed to-do list that's overwhelming and instead focus on the shore by building confidence in yourself that you can understand the bigger picture and you know what steps you need to take to get there consistently you don't need the detailed list. You can let it go. You can change the habits. You can change the behavior. You can have confidence in yourself. You can have credibility with yourself. And then you can live a more peaceful existence at work and at home. I am not a habits expert. I probably should have opened with that. I'm not an efficiency expert. What I am is a busy executive with three kids who were super busy too. And I get enough sleep, and I'm healthy, and I exist pretty dang stress free, and I enjoy my life. And I can attribute all of those things to adjusting my habits as it's necessary to get me the results that I'm looking for. And having the ability to adjust those habits when it's necessary has become truth because I have built credibility with myself over time and I know that if I want to shift something that I will do it and I will achieve the results that I want. So, if you are looking to develop new habits or modify your habits or change some behaviors, the very first place you need to start, friend, is by demonstrating that you can keep commitments to yourself, building credibility with yourself through that and then ultimately having the confidence to make the bigger changes. I hope that there was some sort of nugget in here today that was helpful for you. If there was, I want you to shoot me a DM or share on social what is the one habit that you are working on right now. And if you know somebody that could use a little kick in the pants to start working on their habit journey, please share this with them. The goal is to give everybody the tools and advice and the lessons that they need because let's not do it the hard way that I do. So share with me what you're working on. I'm here to encourage and support you every step of the way. Until we meet again, please know that you are wise, you are capable and you are a strong friend and I believe in you. Hey friend, thank you so much for listening. My goal is to help as many people as possible succeed in the corporate world. And if this episode resonated with you in any way, the very best way to show your appreciation is to screenshot this episode and share on your social media, or even better yet, follow the show and rate and review this episode. Don't forget, if you're looking for additional support, you can find me on Instagram at Melissa underscore Franks.